0: Hello, Internet friends, and welcome back to another extremely exciting episode of Render Time. It has been a moment since we have done one of these things, but we are back On this week's episode, we are talking with a friend of mine, Brady Bonzer. Brady is a producer at Mighty Media up in the Pacific Northwest, where he is working on a ton of very cool projects for brands like Xbox and Microsoft. But before moving back up to the Pacific Northwest, Brady got his start working down here in Los Angeles, here in Hollywood, where he was working on a ton of very cool projects, a lot of reality TV shows, but he got his big break by working on The Ellen Show. In this conversation with Brady, we talk a lot about just getting a start in Hollywood. Working in Los Angeles is not an easy thing to do. I would know from first-hand experience. I've been doing it for the past two years now, and it has definitely been a grind. What I really appreciate about my conversation with Brady is he really does a great job of spelling it all out he really goes into detail about how we as filmmakers and how we as creatives it doesn't really matter what creative path you are on it is possible to make a career in life doing the things that you love enough of, enough of me rambling into my microphone let's get into my conversation with Brady let's get into things and hear his thoughts and opinions First off, thanks for uh, coming on this thing. I really do appreciate it.
1: Totally, yeah. Glad to glad to do it.
0: Awesome, dude. Um, why don't you? Uh, it's been a moment since we last talked. Um, but um, yeah. Why don't you begin by uh, introducing yourself? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, my name is Brady Bonzer, and I am a film, television, video producer currently based up in seattle uh been doing this since i was a kid and professionally for about 10 years already which makes me feel older even though i'm not that old yet but um yeah primarily right now uh my my clients are folks like xbox microsoft um a few other of those types of tech companies up here and then on the side i i do i still do a lot of narrative film and tv stuff when i can so
0: i know how that is because i'm in a similar boat it's It's great. I mean, you probably picked up a camera about the same time uh, I did right around high school, and it's been something you've never really set down.
1: Oh, absolutely. My first project was, was, let's see, I would have been, you know, I'd always been that guy, those classic stories you hear about the little kid, like, shooting his action figures when he's, you know, in middle school and stuff and screwing around with that. And then when I got to high school, it was like, oh, people do this for a living, and I love this a lot. So I shot a little documentary uh of our like senior year of high school that was garbage at the time i go back and watch it but um people still love it i'll get i'll get comments from old high school folks like man i'm so glad you made this and that that's always those little things like that that i'm like okay you're doing what you you love and people do appreciate your work still so <laughs> even the first even the first crappy ones so
0: i i tried doing something similar to that but i ultimately bailed on it i i should have done it because i know like at my 10-year reunion a couple years ago, people would have been like, ah, this is wonderful, and I would have been like, no, 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 this is shit work, and I know it, <laughs> and if, if this was of your sister or brother, you wouldn't give a, a flying fuck. But no, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, yeah that's totally- But it's cool because it's like, it's just, without, with that, all that aside, it's cool to like, just hear people's responses and see that work can touch people.
1: Yeah, well, and then for me, you know, I would say every few years I'll maybe go back and watch part of that, and uh, watching it to this day, I'm like, don't ever do that again. Learning process thing, so it's like a never-ending deal, which in a way is cool, but you look at it, and I would say the same effect comes at the end of every project I ever do. It's like, man, you could have done a lot better, but then the next project's a little bit better, so... Uh that's, yeah, that's kind of where I'm trying to keep my mindset these days is just keep plugging along, keep up upping things as I go.
0: I know. I've been in this similar situation. It's like you do a project and you're like working on the cut and you're like by the end of it, you're like, I just hate this. Like can this just go <laughs> die somewhere and I don't have to look at it for a while? Like that would be yeah. great. Like I'm I'm done with this thing. I'm moving on. And it's just yeah. one of those things where it's just like it just comes with the the territory really.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got a pretty repeat cycle for me. It's like the beginning of a project is very exciting, that development, that that putting it all together, um, the creativity of it all. And then, you know, production stuff in its own right is a lot of fun. That's like the quick, exciting, like intense type of feeling. And then in post, it's starting to come together. But at that point, it's like, I am, I'm tired. (laughs) Like This is, this needs to be done. But then it's such a rewarding feeling to see the end product, even if you're not, uh, for me, even if I'm not in love with everything I did, it's like, wow, you, you know, you started it and you finished it. And, uh, it's, it's a good, proud feeling that I still get even on the smallest of projects. It's rewarding yeah. feeling.
0: Absolutely. And I, uh, I mean, there's been times where I've been in a similar situation where I'm like, um, I'm not happy with, like, I'll, I'm happy with the the project when it's done. Like I've been working on this Sri Lanka thing for a few buddies and, I, I have mixed feelings about how i feel about it but at the same time i'm really happy with it. how it's uh, it's being cut and how it's uh how it's getting done rather than just sitting on my hard drive like waiting patiently to oh th- yeah find time to be edited
1: yep i i feel you there
0: so anyways uh, why don't you begin by telling me like how you ultimately like made the like what's interesting about you is like and I think this is typical of a good portion of people. It's like you, uh, you were in LA, and then you mm-hmm. went back to Seattle. And there's something really interesting about that, and the fact that like, like you gave me a lot of like things to follow through, like like the um, advice that Michael Mann gave you, and like networking <laughs> and all these things. It's in many ways, it's just hard to begin. So I'm just kind of curious about like where to start and i think the best place is just for you to just tell your story and your perspective of like your career i mean it hasn't been too no. long since we graduated from college i don't know what year you graduated and i was a 2010 grad you were 2012 right
1: yeah i would think it was just a year yeah twenty twenty twelve. 2012 yeah yeah should have done 2011 but i had had some stuff come up it I, speed, slowed me down i, I but, know how uh, that is i know yeah no uh yeah no yeah absolutely yeah well I'll dive into the Michael Mann stuff in a little bit that was a a highlight thing of being down there for sure it was definitely a weird experience there's quite a story kind of behind that whole deal but um yeah you know I I went to college and I thought for a long time I was gonna be that broadcasting guy um it just seemed like a more approachable goal at first than getting into film and TV even though that was always the love you know um and then went to WSU where we met. And uh, it was a great experience, but it it took no time at all for me to be like, screw the news and broadcast. I mean, like immediate, it took one class and I was like, absolutely not. I don't have anything against the folks that do that because I still go and do a lot of live broadcast stuff every now and then. And those people are arguably some of the most talented out there because that is just a stressful situation to always constantly be in. But I just couldn't do it, especially the news. It was so... So just not for me, but um, I knew that if I was seriously going to do this, uh, at least at the time when I was in college, that it's like the moment you're out of here, you have but two options. You go to New York or you go to L.A. Um, And I'm a West Coast guy, so it'd be really hard for me to ever... Permanently settled down. I love doing work on the East Coast and stuff, but I was like, I, I got to go down there. And and the one benefit of going to WSU that, that I, I know you've experienced the same is, boy, we have a great batch of like alumni and networking people that some young folks never get. Um, and that's what really ultimately helped set me up. My first, I was in the car driving down to, to LA with no job. Just I had gone down a couple of weeks previously, found a place to rent with some other Cougar Um, And it was just like, I'm going to find something or I'll start serving in a restaurant to get me settled. And luckily, on the middle of the trip down, I got a call from an old coog who used to work for Michael Mann a lot, who's a great guy. And uh, he offered me my first PA position on this documentary film. And by the time I got down there, it was just like hit the ground running in some of the most quintessential PA stuff. you You know, those 18 hour days of hard grinding. And it was like, whoa i'm here this is intense um yeah and it really never quite um changed to a degree it's a grinded out city i mean you i I saw people that that were well established never had to worry about not finding their next gig but it, it but they're just it's a grind it's a total grind and so uh i did all i did it all when i was down there for those you know few years and uh it was yeah it was interesting um
0: yeah it's crazy because like i think a lot of people don't realize how much work is uh put into this career path like people are like people are stunned at the amount of time that people put in it's not the typical 9 to 5
1: no yeah no, and it's not, you know, anybody who's in it knows it's not glamorous. Even when you are, even when you've reached that above-the-line type of level stuff, I mean, it's fun, don't get me wrong, there are absolutely glamorous moments of it. I mean, you get to be around some really cool, interesting, unique people from all over the place, all walks of life, but uh, I mean, it is it is a grind it out from start to finish. I mean, even the big boys on these huge movies, they're working enormous hours and in really tough conditions, but... Um, the payoff is usually, you know, you just, you love what you do and seeing that final product. Um, but it's a grind. Yeah. It, uh, it was fun though. I mean, and I, I, it doesn't change a whole lot. I still have to grind that stuff out up here. Um, it's a little different and it depends on the project, but, um, it takes us, you know, I, I think I've told you this before, it takes a super motivated person to be, in my opinion, to be successful continuously in this industry. You know, you've got to really have a super strong work ethic, be really motivated. And if you have those things, I feel like it's not uh, that difficult to progress. The folks that I saw that got stuck in certain roles or things, they didn't know exactly what they wanted to do or they their mindset wasn't locked in on that um and it got him stuck for a while you know I I went down thinking I'll do anything and in LA that was terrible up here that's actually great in Seattle they love that one-man band type of guy who knows how to do everything but in LA I mean I had numerous people quickly tell me like it's great that you know how to do a lot of stuff but that means you're not great at anything and I'm like oh uh interesting it's not yeah they're, yeah no I mean like You will get hired regularly, consistently, um, when people know they can rely on you. You know, you're a pro at that one thing. It's awesome to have the other knowledge that can come in very often as a benefit, but, you know, they want you to, in my case, if you're a producing type of person, you you need to be a reliable pro at that. They don't want me to be in the post room telling the editors how to edit. That's not... They want me to rock that one thing. And so that that took some adjusting because when you're in college, when you're learning, when you're a student, you you know, learn it all, be good at everything. And it's like, get down there. It's like, no, you need to be good at this one thing and just please do that. And if you can, I mean, I, I consistently got work after that, after I marketed and kind of branded myself as that type of person. So
0: yeah, and I totally get that because like when I was in a... Uh... When I was in Seattle, I was PAing on a bunch of commercials and such, and I knew like when I was in Seattle, I wanted to be in post. I think I talked with Run Studios up there, and I also talked with uh, Mighty as well. And uh, hmm. I wanted to be an editor, like that's what I wanted. But was in, what was really interesting about that was like I was talking to people. It's like, oh yeah, you need to know After Effects, and like you need to know how to do. S- motion graphics and VFX, and I'm like, that just doesn't make, like, that makes sense, especially from the post end, but down here, it's like, there are just companies that are dedicated to one of those three things, be that editorial VFX or motion graphics, and they are incredibly good at what they do.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I used to work on a bunch of Chelsea Handler's extra talk shows, like uh, Hello Ross's and stuff like that when I was down there and we had one guy who specifically was an After Effects graphics dude. That's all he did full time on his deal. We had just a lock editor. We had just an assistant editor. The rough editor. You know, like it is very role specific but it's very efficient and like I said, you know, when you run into those people that are in it at that level and everything, like you don't even have to second guess. I mean, they just they they do know their stuff. That's why they're there doing it. And you need to do your job so that they can do theirs. Um, and it that takes some getting used to to a degree, uh, especially if you. That's what I mean. Especially if you don't really know for sure what you want to do, um, and you don't have to have it figured out right away. But I I, I didn't hardly see anybody, rocket into, you know, career progression just winging it without focusing in on something. You know,
0: yeah. So. Absolutely. Um, what were you initially coming down here to do? I mean, I know you landed into the producing world. Um, was there something else that you were trying to come down here with? Or were you pretty much coming down with like a handful of ideas and eventually the producing thing stuck?
1: Yeah, it was kind of a handful of things. I mean, if I was going to put anything on it, I was always a big love of get behind the camera. Um, and that created creative side of things some writing's always been a big love of mine in the field but what i quickly realized especially doing like side projects and really trying to learn and grow my skill set was like this stuff doesn't get done unless i do it which is essentially what a producer is um to a degree especially on the like a an entry level beginning kind of go thing and once i figured that out and got things rolling it's like not in a not in a um power power pushing type of way but it was like man I've got the, the power kind of the producers are the ones like it, it, to a degree you know it's like if they're not out there putting all this extra stuff together you know because it's not it's not the DPs it's not the directors it's not those guys who are out typically getting the budgets and putting the schedule all that type of overseeing all of that you know that's all coming from the you know the production management team and coordinators the producers the you know all of those folks, the EPs, it's those folks that oversee the whole thing from start to finish. And I was like, that's where the power is at. And I wasn't power hungry, but it was just like, oh, I'm an organized guy. And so it, it fell more into that. And it was kind of funny. I wasn't expecting that, but
0: that's just the route it went. Who, uh, I mean, where did you get the opportunities for that? I know you mentioned uh, a Coog, who was working on a film. I know that's uh, Chris Hample, who's now in. I think he's in uh, Philly, no, or Pittsburgh. He moved. I,
1: yeah, something. I, I was just talking to Chris, actually, through some email, and just an awesome guy. I mean, he will as quickly give you some great advice as anybody I've ever known, and he doesn't have to. Um, and he's always just in an industry that can be pretty tough, and so the guy is one of the most polite and awesome people to he's deal with. Like, sometimes now. I won't talk to him. Is he? Yeah, sometimes I won't talk to him for a year or two, but then you just jump into an email or something or a text and he's just fantastic. But yeah, no, he gave me a lot of great advice right off the bat. Um, and it was do as much as you can. And I didn't realize it at first. Uh, he's like, do as much as you can because you'll really figure out things. And he was like, you know, you've done some good stuff here, but move on. You know, we're, we're going to have this is going to keep going for a while. It was a documentary. You know, he's like, you just got here. Go. Go find some more stuff. And he helped with some of that, you know. And that's where the Michael Mann thing came in. Um, But before I I jump into that, uh, what that did was give me a lot of stress and relief by doing that. And when I say that, what I mean is I did try everything. Reality TV, talk shows, indie films, um, you know, TV show, other scripted stuff. Like I I did. I dabbled in it all. And it was great because... I figured out what I did not like, and uh, it takes a little more effort to get in certain areas that you did, but like, I did a lot of reality TV, and I've got a majority of my friends and colleagues that still do that, and I have nothing against it, but for me, the word I describe for everybody is soul-sucking. I just didn't feel like I was contributing to what I wanted to do, but it's an important part of the industry, but for me, on a finishing out a day on one of those shows was not doing it for me um and some were definitely worse than others um or better than others and I was like you know what you don't want to do this so a kind of blended transition luckily was and it fell into my lap was jumping onto talk shows and it's like well this is a it's a real life deal but you know some of the stuff you're getting to do is more enjoyable and I I did that for almost two years after going through all the other stuff and um it allowed me some more time to do some more narrative stuff which has always been a passion but you know you just you kind of it helped me focus in um and it was on that that I was like you're working on the touch shows I was like you're definitely the producing type of guy yeah I started off as PA on the shows and it was like I was the heavily organized one I was the one that didn't mind being first one there last one out um, I loved interacting with all of the departments because most of the departments, I mean, they don't talk to each other that much. They're going to the, the producers and the EPs and stuff to, who coordinate all of that working together in one flawless mechanism of things. Um, and then I, I bounced up out of PA into production coordinator and then it was like a transition there. It's like, do you want to go the producing route or do you want to go like production manager route, which are two very different things. And I was like, well, I still got that creativeness in me a little bit, which you get a little bit more on the producer side. So boom, I, I moved up to associate producer on some stuff. And then by the time I was leaving L.A., it was um, it was like, yeah, you're definitely on the producer track. So just keep with that. Um wow.
0: And that's interesting to me because it's like you. Uh, we talked a little earlier in the week about trying to find those opportunities within the industry because you were mentioning that like you were working jobs that, don't get me wrong, they, they paid the bills and everybody goes through this. Um, they have those jobs that they'll take because they need it. But at the same time, you were in a position where you weren't happy working these certain productions and you were looking for something else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the reason it really pushed me to make the change and focus on other areas. Um, and you know, not everybody has the ability and, you know, the connection to make that happen as quickly as I was able to. But the reason I did it is I didn't, I love what I do so much. And I, I, I sit back all the time and I've had moments where I'm like, man, is there anything else you could do? This is hard. You know, what's something else? And it's like, I can't think of anything. At the end of the day, I do really love this. But so I I was like, don't do the stuff you don't like to do. It will make you hate working in the industry. And there were lulls where it was like, don't go, you know, if I have to pay the bills, of course you're going to do it. But if you have even, if I had slight opportunity to kind of change it up or pick one project over another that was a little better, I did because i you definitely gotta do what you love, um, if you wanna make this your full on career. And so yeah. I did that. And that's kind of blends into that whole Michael Mann story, which was quite a funny story. Um so he ha- uh Hampel used to work with Michael Mann for years. Um and Michael Mann had a new movie that he was shooting and needed um an onset second assistant. Um and I had I think maybe done enough to where I could probably have done the job um and so long story short you know they put me in uh his executive assistant was looking for doing in doing the rounds interviewing young folks to young guys and gals to possibly jump on board and I sat down with her and chatted it all out and it seemed like yeah this is gonna work I think you you got it and I'm like sweet all right we're, we're gonna have you sit down with Michael and I'm like holy cow here we go this guy's a legend you know um and I get in there, and he's going through all this stuff, and it's intense. And I had heard stories from a lot of people about how intense Michael Mann can be. Um, and it was like, oh, man, I don't know how this is going to go. And I'm sitting down with him, and he's really diving into some pretty high-level type of work. And I'm thinking, I I, I, I'm not, I can't lie. to. This. I'm not going to lie to this guy and blacklist myself and the circle of things. But like, I, I'm not qualified to do this stuff yet. I've only been down here, I think, at the time for like a year, dabbling in some of this. And... He goes, wait, wh- wh- so have you ever been a first assistant? And I'm thinking, whoa, no. I mean, some of your first assistants on movies with directors like this, this is like 15-year vets. These guys do a ton of stuff on a movie set. And I'm thinking, and, it, and that's what it was. There was a, a, Unfortunately, there's like this weird confusion between everybody that he was looking for a first assistant. They all thought it was like a second second and which is a huge difference uh oh, that's and massive. so a huge difference yeah and I think I, I laugh because I can only imagine you know what Michael went in and told his executive assistant and the folks around him like what the hell is going on here you guys are sending me like young 20 somethings with no and they're thinking oh no we thought you said you wanted like I I just, it cracked me up but uh he was really cool about it I told him you know I'm like I thought I was kind of here for something a little on the you know, on like the second second thing, he's like, no, I don't know where you got that. He wasn't friendly about it per se, but he wasn't mean about it either. And the guy's like in his 70s. He could have easily been like, get the hell out of here, you, you idiot. You know, like I, he wasn't at all. In fact, he gave me some, sat down with me for like an extra five, 10 minutes and just gave some great advice. And the, and the one that the big, big chunk he gave me was own what you do in everything you do. Um, and he was like own the content of course if you can awesome you know he's rich enough he can buy stuff and own it but just own what you do own your role own your your career path just own it all the way through yeah the financial side and just the responsibility factor and that really resonated with me when somebody of that caliber tells you something like that you really try to soak it in and I did I I was like you're going to be a producer own it own the projects you do you know set yourself up with things like that I formed a small little production company that I do stuff on the side with own that you know
0: yeah
1: and that has been I I probably took it a little deeper than maybe he even intended it for it but uh it just made so much sense and it has been really a leading factor for how I go about things um and then we ended the interview and he was really nice and uh just said you know good luck you know we'll be in contact and I thought okay yeah I don't thank you
0: (laughs) you you didn't think you were gonna get that one
1: no 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 and then they called the executive assistant was really nice she called and she's like I'm so sorry I uh I think that there was some disconnect things are really hectic around here and we thought you know he was looking for a second second which is three three rungs down from what he's actually looking for, and uh but thank you so much. if we have anything come up, you know, we'll let you know. and uh, they left like eight days later and shot ninety eight percent of that movie overseas. They spent like six months on the road in China and across Asia shooting this film that um, ultimately bombed unfortunately, <laughs> so it was like, oh you know, maybe not a but you know but um and i just was like you know that was another part of the whole thing that was a real take a step back at the time i had just my partner that i'm with now she was great and it was like man am i gonna am i gonna take off or it would have been eight nine months gone just unreachable almost and that that was something in the back of my mind. And I always wonder if if they would offer it to me, of course, would we have made it work or not? Absolutely. But uh, it was something you, it was the first time being down there that I was like, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice? And is that going to affect your career? And uh, in some ways it has, in some ways it absolutely hasn't. And I think I just try to roll with that, but that was part of that whole deal too when they told me that. But yeah, in the end, it was just quite a wild experience because all you get all of that in the course of a couple days. You're sitting here just like, "Wow, here we go!" And that's a pretty representative idea of how that industry, how this whole industry works for me a little bit. It seems like you can just be blasted with a whole bunch of stuff from all over, and you gotta you gotta figure out how to make it work and piece it all together.
0: Yeah, and I think what's crazy about this thing is it's like. Like, we talked at the top of the show about, like, the amount of time that people put into their work. I mean, 16, 18, 14-hour days are common in this business. And a lot of people, yep. especially significant others and friends, don't understand the time that's required to make things great. Like, it's, there's a, it's a lot of work. To, it doesn't matter where you're at. You could be in Seattle. You could be in Los Angeles. You could be in – yeah, you could be in Nairobi. There, this yeah. kind of takes a lot of work to make the work that matters to people. And it's uh, it's really a lifestyle choice in a lot of ways in order to make things come to fruition.
1: Yeah, totally. If I had one thing that I would say that you can somewhat control that makes that easier, for that made that easier for me, um, is that stereotypical advice you get from everybody that's that's that network, constantly be networking, constantly be, you know, finding those relationships, maintaining those relationships, that'll make things easier for you when it comes to especially consistently getting work and progressing. And I I found that out ASAP. I mean, like I said, when I jumped on board with the talk shows, I got on one of those sets because my college roommate, uh, that I was living down there with had done some work with one of the production managers and he got booked on a show that week. So they asked me to come on board. I worked my butt off. I mean, just grimiest work you could do to start things off, but they, they were impressed. So they brought me on full time. And then two years, almost two years later, I end, end a run with that whole team as a, uh, like a, an AP, a production coordinator AP kind of role thing, um, bounce, bouncing around on things. And if I didn't know Reed at the time, uh, I wouldn't have gotten that role. And that's been lots of other things. Uh, some of the older Cougs. I, I, I did a prank show with Howie Mandel and a bunch of people, and I got on that one because... I maintained a constant relationship with one of the guys who was an EP on that, Mike yeah. Arnie. And it's like, I check in constantly to this day with everyone that I know. And not because I have to, of course that's part of it, but because I want to, yeah. you maintain it with these people They so it's like a family down there, wherever you go. And, uh, I, I, I want to, and it's, and it, it continues to reap benefits for everybody. And, um, Kind of like a lifelong bond type of thing. It sounds so heavy and deep, but I would imagine most people can relate to that. That's just kind of what it is.
0: Yeah, and I think it's crazy, is I mean it's it's weird because I'm on the post side and I'm in a I'm working in post, I feel like I don't have I mean, if I were freelancing in post, that'd be a different story, but because I have a staff position, um Networking really isn't something that's in my mind a lot of the times because I I have the job I I don't feel the pressure to like like I'm gonna be losing it however that could change I hope it doesn't mm-hmm. but it, I know for a lot of people who are freelancing they live and die by the strength of their networks and if they're able to book jobs.
1: Yep, yeah. Well, like you said, actually, once I got on the talk shows, I was like a staff a staffed guy, and yeah, all of a sudden i'm not I'm coming across about a third of the people that I was when I was just every week was a different week, um, and it wasn't bad, but what I realized was like, man, um you've got you've you got to keep that going, and the benefit was because the talk shows, they're really golden, they're fun. I mean, you're on a pretty steady schedule, which is a real luxury down there, especially when you're younger doing this work. but um, what I realized is it really drove me to do the side project stuff down there. Um, and that paid a lot of benefit, um, a lot for skills that I learned, um, you know, kind of just things you wouldn't come across if you didn't work on a little indie feature or a web series or something like that. But the real benefit was it kept me consistently meeting new people who were basically just like me, young, wide eyed, looking at trying to progress any way they could. And it's tough because you go work some long challenging days like we were, have been talking about. And so then to take up your one Saturday or one Monday off or whatever, to go shoot for eight hours for free, um, some project is pretty difficult, but that in itself is where I consider like the separators, um, for the people that do it progress quickly and go far. And those who kind of don't, I mean, if you really, really want to do it, you got to get out and, do some stuff and it even if it doesn't you know reap any uh, straight up reward it it will because i could name several people right now that doing that side project stuff with to keep my network building that i'm in contact with now and some of them have huge connections to other things and i haven't maybe tapped some of that yet or may never but um we're in contact and we always want to do stuff together and it's because one day i I uh, took a step back and just showed up to help in in a facet I maybe didn't want to, but um, I did, and it's a big benefit to do that. If I had any advice for young people, especially, it's like do as much as you can till you can't do it do it at all, you know. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah.
0: No, it's cool because it's like I've found that like in my own work, like the personal projects are important, like. I, I find myself happiest when I'm cutting and trying to find a way to craft a story. I mean, there are those moments where I'm looking at footage and it just, it's just feeling daunting. Like, holy shit, dude, you have five hours of footage. Fortunately, there's kind of a string out build, but you're going to spend some time just cutting the string out down even further and just like working in those capacities and trying to hone new skill sets. I think that's all really important because... It is super easy to get labeled a certain thing, regardless of where you're at, be that a staff position or freelance, and not really advance in one's career. Totally. And just be like, I'm doing this, and you just punch in, punch out every day. Especially, like I think a great example of that. Um, I mean, I'm sure you or you saw them when you when you were down here. But those old fifty year old grips, and no disrespect to fifty year old grips, but it's just like they're locked into their thing.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it kind of depends. I met some guys that they are happy. Um and I'm a charger. I consider myself somebody who just I could be at the highest level right now and I'd want to go higher. It's like the James Cameron effect, like raise the bar. Um <laughs> and but some people are happy with what they do and I realize that and there's like it's like okay, you know. But that's not me. And uh so they take that, they, they, they really get to use their free time in a way that maybe we all want to, but I wasn't satisfied. So I had to sacrifice that free time um, outside of the day to day work and push myself for a lot of other stuff to just continue to build up on it. And I'm really glad I did. And I still do it. I'm a full timer through a production company as a producer, but I just helped independently produce. indie pilot with several hundred thousand dollar budget you know up in seattle and that's kind of a big deal up here that's chump change for anywhere else oh that's big
0: money in seattle that's a lot of money in seattle because it's just like there's just like we we won't even touch the tax incentives but that does play into it to a certain degree but it's like
1: oh yeah
0: people are like uh yeah i mean People get wind of a project of that nature, even though it's not that big up there. People want to get involved.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what has it turned into? I've met an an enormous amount of awesome local professionals who I will likely continue to try to do stuff with for the rest of my career. I mean, that's the benefit of it. It just continues to grow. Um, But I could have just as easily been like, I do well for myself and I can – take those weekends to go golf or hike or take trips. Um, and I do do that, but I, 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 I can't quit it yet. You yeah. know? And, I th- and
0: yeah, I think it's just important to find that balance though, because there's times where I'm just <laughs> like taking time on my weekends to cut and work on things. Like yesterday I was playing in cinema 4d, but at the same time it is those, it is important to find that time to just go out and go to the beach or something.
1: It really clears my mind when I when I go do that. And it is absolutely important. So I've gotten better at the balance. When I was in L.A., there was no balance. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. That's kind of a city that almost demands that. Um, and you'll hear people all say that all the time. Big actors, big directors, big any writer. You know, great. I chose a little bit of a different thing. I chose a slower path after I left. And I knew that. I knew that. Going back up to Seattle was going to slow some things down, but what it allowed me to do was have some more control over the projects that I did do do on the side. Uh, and but at the at the same time, I you know it's going to slow some progression down. But I you know I was able to go get a dog, and <laughs> I you know I was able to buy a house, and that's all stuff that wouldn't have been accomplishable. Uh, at the time down in LA maybe because of how things go and so there's trade-offs for sure. Am I in the thick of it right now? No. You know, I'm not. Everything's indie up here. But, but at the same
0: time, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with indie. I mean, there's, like, from my own experience, I worked with a lot of really good people in Seattle who are, I wouldn't say it's huge work compared to what I've seen down here and what people are working on down here, but at the same time, it's like, there is good work happening in Seattle. And what's cool about like how things are going right now, especially with the internet is you don't have to be in Los Angeles to make great work. You don't have to be in New York. Like we're seeing great. I mean, yes, if you are in LA or New York or Paris or London or whatever those major media hubs are, you are closer to the action. There is no question of that. But I think it goes back to what you were saying a second ago about, priorities and what is important do you want more of a work-life balance because that doesn't exist in los angeles
1: no yeah and i think like you just said um you I, i realized after coming back up here that like exactly that you don't have to be down there to continue working in this industry and to continue working for even the hollywood side of the industry if you want um because exactly that it's um with the internet and the mobility of Productions and all sorts of things like it's definitely doable and yeah it, I love the indie atmosphere up here. I mean my day job is the big corporation work for, you know commercials and corporate video and that kind of stuff um, and it's great all around for that. It's a different side of things, but it's a well-funded uh, endeavor. Those companies want quality stuff, so but but the indie thing up here is great because it is some of the most passionate people I've ever been around, um, probably even in my experience more so than a lot of the folks that I did stuff like that with in LA. And I think that's because everybody in LA that I came across for the most point had really specific agendas, which would oftentimes, you know, make projects go in a different route. And up here, it's like everybody knows that Seattle is a small market and that it's the content that's going to help progress everybody. So it's like everybody will do whatever they want to do and they love it to ensure that a project is successful. Um, And that's a lot of fun because people kind of are able for the most part to set the ego aside or the, you know, everything I did in LA was quintessential to what you hear. I want to be, I'm going to be the director or I'm going to be the writer and nobody wants to be, um, you know, an assistant director on a, independent deal or uh nobody wants to take a step back and do some line producing for a project or something you know it's like if i don't get to direct it i'm not in and that was that can be frustrating because it takes a big good team to do big good work
0: yeah what's crazy though too is it's like i can't imagine like coming back to seattle with la experience on your resume not to like not to mention the 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 stuff that pays the bills like the normal nine to five job, whether that's working in production freelance in Seattle or a staff position, but also on like the personal project level of just, uh, how do you, what that must be like to come back to the Northwest with a real LA experience on one's resume or hell, it could be Spokane or Boise. I don't care. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It translated just almost exactly how I thought it would. Oddly enough, it actually took a couple months, uh, which I think my cockiness of being down in LA was like, you're going to go up there and just blow these folks out of the water. <laughs> uh, there are great people at any market that you go to. So first off, if you're like me, don't think that. Um, but uh, cause there's always going to be somebody better, bigger, more established than you in any market. Um, and, as a young guy, you have to like, I had to humbleize myself a little bit. It was just a cockiness of coming from LA, which I think most people would be like, but it was a good down to earth moment for me. It's like, oh, this isn't happening right away. It took a couple months. Um, but the work 100% and my experience translated like tenfold up here. Um, here I was in my mid-twenties when I moved back up and it's like I've got I'm offering experience to folks who are in their 40s and stuff working on projects and you know it's just like it's and a lot of it doesn't even get used up here that's what's crazy things that you learn as a PA down here down there don't even get utilized up here sometimes it's mind-blowing do you have
0: examples of that
1: yeah it's it's like you can I remember I uh I jumped I was quoting out a, a a budget and everything for a client uh for Xbox and uh I'm working with one of our line producers that helps do all that. And I, you know, it's like literally taping the receipts onto a piece of paper. Wait, and, they know, weren't doing that. No, they weren't circling the total. Oh my well, God. They, I, well, I did it and they go, Oh my gosh, like this is really convenient. And, um, thank you for doing that. They do do that, but you know, nobody normally does that kind of thing. and, and it's like, yeah, uh, learn that PA, you know, like just to make it easier. Um, just things like that, you know, on that level. And then as far as like the producer stuff goes, I mean, organizing is such a big deal up here that it just, yeah, it translates just massively the experience, you know, you're um, running, a, being on a set down there and then coming up to one up here that's a lot smaller and um, stuff people just really appreciate your knowledge of how to work with folks in a stressful environment. Um, and doing it down there, it doesn't get any more stressful than LA, uh, and more intense. So coming up here, it was like, Holy cow, this is a piece of cake compared to that. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just fantastic. You know, you're just, your knowledge of things just goes a lot farther. Um, In most cases, not every case, but in most cases.
0: It's funny because it's like, I'm. you mentioned the whole taping of a cease thing. And, I mean, I'd have to do that on commercial shoots in Seattle. I mean, that was pretty normal, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, granted, I didn't PA too much on the commercial side or on uh, the reality side down here. When I got here, I went straight into post-production because, I mean, I just those opportunities just don't exist in Seattle at all. Like I yeah, looked for absolutely. like two years. And I'm like, Hey, I know Adobe Premiere and I can edit. I'm willing to do anything. And mm-hmm. the door got closed in my face so many times, but it's, it's interesting to hear like how the experience down here, um, even if it might be something as simple as being a production assistant translates massively up there Because I know a guy that I worked with in Seattle who, uh, I don't know if you know him, um, Luke Walker. He was a production assistant down here and made the leap back to Seattle. And it's like he got thrown into the mix immediately just based off of his experience working on big stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I got my – one of the current roles I do right now is I produce this little weekly um, web-based type of news, entertainment, informational um content weekly content episodic type of deal for uh Xbox and I got that role because I had worked on talk shows in LA so very a lot of what I did on that uh translated into lighter smaller ways onto you know what I do with that now and that's 100% what got me the job um there was no one else not a single other person who interviewed to join the company to tackle that role that had that experience. So I would have never likely got the job had I not been in Los Angeles doing that type of work and, and that's happened to me several times. Like When I first moved back up here and I was freelancing for a couple months before I went full time with a production company, I got a pretty good batch of freelance work for having almost zero networking in the Seattle area. Solely based on the fact that when LA-based productions were coming up, and they saw that my name was local and attached with LA-level work, it was like, gr- grab him—he knows the workflow. So I had consistently pretty decent freelance work right off the bat, and that's the example of the translation. Is it's just like, you know, there's plenty of people that'll get that work, but you just—they know you know that world. So if they come up here to do it, you're you're a great resource to have because you're, you're not gonna you know, you're not going to make it any more difficult. So
0: yeah, I think there's something to be said about that. Because it's like, when I was, uh, before I moved back to LA, I lived here once before, and I was 23. And I was stupid and didn't quite work out. I did a few other things for a couple years, and then came back down. It's like, when I was in Seattle, I was hearing these things of like, oh, if you want to, like, I remember I was talking with like a location manager and he's like if you want to like make this big you got to go to LA you don't have a choice like you Mm -hmm. can you can do it in Seattle but be prepared that you're gonna get passed on a lot of things because you you decided to stay here yes there are people in Seattle doing great work but if you really want to raise the expectations of what you can do go to LA
1: yeah Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Like you just said, there's a lot of great people here that will do just as good, um, but they've had to go a completely different route, and I think overall it simplifies. I was only in L.A. for a few years, um, not even a huge, huge length of time, but I did a lot in those few years, and it just cut a couple corners moving back up to Washington that I otherwise would have not been able to cut had I not gone down there. It's funny,
0: because it's like, at some point, like, the reason why I moved to LA is because I knew I had to get the experience. There was only one place that I could get the experience, and it was Los Angeles. Like, don't get me wrong, I want to return to the Northwest and live up there, because I think the quality of life is a lot better than down here. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, I would agree, LA wasn't my cup of tea as far as my lifestyle outside of work went, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really want to get back to the Northwest at some point. I need to get the experience first, like what I really wanted to do in the Northwest was work with like brands and agencies up there and create work. But I was always getting passed on stuff and I wanted, I knew I needed to put myself in a position where I could have a real post production experience on my resume more Mm -hmm. so than just being a runner or production assistant at a facility. I mean, I'd love to get back to the Pacific Northwest, but um, I knew that I needed to get the, the uh, post experience experience. Mm-hmm. to a certain degree before I even re- play with that idea of making the leap back up there.
1: That's what I did, man. I hit this deal where, uh, my girlfriend had just, my partner just, just got out of graduate school and she's in a completely unrelated field. She, she's awesome. She does like Homeland security and anti-terrorism. And so she, <laughs> all this so stuff. She's the
0: one that's keeping you safe at night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, but, uh, when she got out of grad school, we were down in LA and, Whoa and behold, she gets offered this job at Boeing in Washington, and we're just like Un- unbelievable. We move down here, we kind of get life going, and this is the opportunity. It's a huge opportunity. And I had just finished up um, that almost two year run on the talk shows uh, before Chelsea was taking a year off before she went to Netflix, and I was like, do I go on the grind again and chasing everything down, or do we let you know? Do we Do we make a change, kind of? And this is exact, that's exactly what I thought. I went, I I took a step back. I literally did a pros and cons list, um, career and lifestyle wise. And I said, you have done a lot of stuff. You made a couple big leaps while you were down here. And I think that that's what all you need to go give that a shot. And I know I got a lot of people like, dude, you're giving up. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to go try this because I truly believe, I believe it today, I could go back to L.A. tomorrow and I wouldn't be able to turn it on just like a light switch. But I feel very confident that I would be able to go back down, especially since I've maintained those relationships with my colleagues and everything down there. And I could jump back into things. And it even has the potential to maybe be better because um, there are things I've done up here that would translate back down there very well as a producer um, and in some facets. And that's that's what I feel like I mean, it, and, and so, no, it's like I came back up with a good batch of experience that got me going again. And me and my girlfriend talk about it all the time. It's like, eh, we might end up back down there. You know, we did like it. Um, and I think it's easier once you've been somewhere and you've done it and you know how that world works. Um it's always easier to go back to something you're familiar with than it is to try something new and have to relearn it. And so I know LA inside and out, and I know the process and how things work down there. I know where I'd want to live, you know, I know the types of things I'd want to work on. So I could hone that in and that immediately cuts out a lot of noise. And so I I know a lot of people look at it leaving as a failure or a, a given up type of thing. If, when you're in that industry. But, um, and I did in at moments for sure, but then, you know, you just got to decide what makes you happy and where, um, you want to be. And that could easily change for me and send me back that way. And I could easily return to Seattle the same way, I think. So,
0: yeah. And I think what's, I think the, uh, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, people, there's a lot of people who think it is, Failure and bailing, but at the same time, like it 's all about lifestyle like i don 't think it is bailing I think it 's just looking at it through the the uh, lens of what is the sort of lifestyle I want, and what is the sort of work I want to be involved with because like i like don 't get me wrong like being a kid from the northwest it 's like you go anywhere else in the country, and i, I mean i 've lived on the east coast i 've lived in Minnesota. And I would always talk about the Pacific Northwest, about how awesome it is. And I'm, I'm, I know that it drove people nuts. They're like, oh, yeah. Richard's talking about Wenatchee again. He's talking about Seattle and how awesome it is. A lot of people don't get it until they actually live there, about the lifestyle we have, like the ability to have, especially in the summers, fresh salmon and fruits and vegetables yeah. all year around, or all through the summer, not all year round. That'd be amazing. But having fresh produce and fresh seafood all the time—that's a thing. A lot yeah, of literally... clean
1: air, quality living. Well, not right Absolutely. now, you guys.
0: You guys, are, <laughs> you guys are worse than LA right now.
1: Yeah, Canada's on
0: fire, dude. I uh, looked. I looked up the uh, the air quality in Wenatchee and compared it to LA. It's fourteen times worse than Los Angeles.
1: Oh yeah, we were getting the warning things all over the news, saying if you don't have to, just don't even go outside and it's like, wow, this did, I was driving, and I was like, this really reminds me of some of those really thick marine layer smogged in LA days, man, and the traffic's building up, and it's like 95 degrees out, it's like, this is really taking me back to days out in the valley down there, like, this is hilarious, but uh, lo and behold, it was, you know, the unfortunate fire situation in Canada, and the struggle that all those folks are going through, and Having an effect, but yeah, it's it's a little gruesome out here right now. That's for sure.
0: Well, it's funny because it's like, you, there, I'll be honest. Like, there's been times where I've thought about moving back to Seattle, and I'm just like, I keep thinking to myself, God, you, you do that, you, you're the work that you want. You're not gonna find because the profile of the work that you want is down here.
1: Yeah, and it's yep.
0: It's hard because it's like I know the quality of life exists up there, but at the same time, I know that the level of work that I want to be doing just doesn't exist up there. And it's it's unfortunate because the state of Washington just does not have the tax incentives.
1: Yeah, they don't, and I know they're working on it, but I honestly, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Oh, to I don't honest, think it is either. Because we're completely pinned, pinned between Oregon, who has steadily increased it over the last 10 years. I think they're at like 20-something million. And then you've got Vancouver, BC, which... Is it Chuck or not? Arguably, it does more actual production and post-level stuff for huge films and commercial content than even L.A. does. Um, And it's so easy for the fake the Seattle thing because of that. Vancouver as a city looks exactly like... Oh, it does. ...Seattle, and so all you need to do is get a couple Space Needle shots, and why would you ever? There, uh, last I heard vancouver and canada in general their tax incentive program was unlimited they didn't put a limit on it
0: that was georgia i heard Uh, georgia
1: blowing up because of that yeah but um i mean you saw some big changes this year though la like companies like netflix i think uh paramount as a studio was like we're done chasing the incentives we've got some hubs for stuff in georgia but we're not going to do this Michigan, Louisiana, New Mexico, um, North We're not chasing that anymore. Um, and so that'll be really interesting to see how things settle down again. But yeah, it's, yeah Seattle's Washington's never going to be a big player, I don't think. They just got pinned between two places that care more about it.
0: Well, it's funny because it's like I I'd talk to my dad about this sort of stuff about tax incentives, and he'd just be like, Ah, there shouldn't be any tax incentives. It should be on the strength of the business in order to to bring in the work. And I don't know why I did old-timey voice, but whatever. (laughs) Um, It's just interesting to me because it's like, I was trying to tell him, it's like the only way that film, that big productions, that bring in big caliber work and start creating a production atmosphere happen is by tax incentives. And he didn't want to hear it. I'm just like, look, this is the... I hate to break it to you, but this is the reality of how the industry works.
1: Well, I just went through it with Washington. With uh, well, our our team did, and I you know I learned a lot about it on a on that level, which was up to a certain degree of our budget, we got th- literally cash back thirty percent of our approved um, budget through the incentive program in Washington. So you're spending. Just an example, $100,000, and you're getting 30000 back once you've completed the project to the specified regulations. So, you know, the local crews and the uses of unions, whether it's say, all that kind of stuff. Um, if it's all done correctly, 30, 30% back, no questions asked. So that's in a state where our cap tax incentive for all projects for a year is $3.5 million, I think. And then you take states like California, where it's like close to 400 million now, um, and places like, well, how they used to be up in Canada. And I believe I, you know, I'd have definitely fact checked this one, but I recall it was unlimited. You know, so it's like if I took my um, 200 million dollar movie up to Vancouver, BC, and was negotiated to get a 40%, 30% kickback or whatever for going full local outside of maybe like your director and producing team, but your, you know, your DPs, all that kind of stuff is all local. Getting 40% back, 30% back, whatever on a $200 million movie. It's like, yeah.
0: Like <laughs> that's crazy because it's like as a producer or studio, you're looking at it through the lens of like, oh, this is money that we can put back into the production.
1: Exactly. I mean, half the time, what we did in our case for our project is that thirty percent went right back, and that was the Im- immediate return investment for folk people who had invested. They were guaranteed they're getting thirty percent back,
0: which is a uh, huge deal. That is huge, massive because it's like huge. Like I've there's been projects I've been wanting to do, and it's like I don't know how to approach investors on that sort of stuff. I've yeah, they no want to know they're idea. going to get money. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's that and rights and like all this other stuff. I think the only way that I'm going to make the project come to life is – I don't know how it's going to come to life, but that's a story for a little later. Yeah, it's just crazy to me because it's just like there's a lot of really good people in Seattle, a lot of very hungry and passionate people. And it's like when I was there, I wanted to – I had this whole like fuck you, LA mentality and fuck you, New York. We can do this too. Yeah. I, I just don't think due to the economics and how the industry actually works that people aren't getting those opportunities that exist in these marketplaces like LA, New yeah. York, even Toronto.
1: Well, infrastructure is huge. That's why Georgia has solidified itself. I mean Pinewood Studios got a big-ass um, – set up there. And it's infrastructure. And in Seattle, you know, there's not a bunch of big sound stages. Uh, and half of the year, it's unshootable, uh, outdoors, at least. And then, the in, you know, the in, like I just said, there's not a lot of infrastructure for that scale. Now, that's not to say things come all the time, and they can do a couple weeks in the summer, in Seattle can accommodate 100%. But on a consistent, repeatable deal, um, in a comparable way to a place like Vancouver Um, it's not, it's just not in place. And so, you know, but you'll see a lot of people up here that split time also, uh, that will go down for a good, especially the freelance folks that will go down for a good chunk of the year to LA and do some stuff down there and then come back up. And I find that very unique. I mean, the irony of me moving back up here is almost 10 plus times a year. I go down to LA for work every year. Um, I would, I would guesstimate that I'm in LA doing work, um, about a month out of the year, uh, every year. (laughs) And it's, it's funny, you know, and it's, it's, it's fun. Uh, but it's like, man, I moved out of here to just be down here. It it equates to going down nearly once a month or so for, you know, a few days to, to a week or two. And it's, it's funny, but, uh, some people go that route too, which I find very unique. But you got to have a lifestyle where you're okay with
0: picking up and going.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, some people do it. I, I don't think I could do that, but um, yeah. There's it, no if 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 I could say one thing, is this is all the Brady experience, and I have never met one person who followed the same level of things that I did. And there are people that have been more or less successful, depending on how you look at it. What is success to some people? Steady work. And, you know, in my case, it's continuing to progress. It's really, there is no one way. You hear that all the time. That's another stereotypical Hollywood thing, you know, and it, it, it always rings true. What you've done and what I've done is not the same, and what me and anyone else I've known hasn't, hasn't been the same. Yet I'm proud of... What a lot of my friends and coworkers co- colleagues have done over the years, and it's nothing like it, man no, There's there isn't like it,
0: and I think I think the biggest thing for like people, especially depending on where they're where they're trying to end up it's it's really knowing their expectations of what they want, mm-hmm. That's, that's the hardest thing and i'm i'm struggling with that a little bit right now in terms of like i know it, what it is i want and it's just you find yourself in these positions of like how do i get where i want to go and i mean that that is a uh that is a loaded question in terms yeah. of what it is somebody wants to do and i think it's I think a lot of people don't realize how long a career can be. It's like, ah, I got to get in the first, like, three years of my career. I got to do this thing right right now. But I think what's interesting is these little things, these little, these jobs that we're involved with, be it two years at a certain place, three years at another, five years, ten years, whatever that time frame is at a certain job, that experience will translate into that ultimate dream, and you don't have to get it tomorrow.
1: No, and I think if one thing I could tell people is I used to have this mindset when I was getting out of college. Like, if you're not out there directing and producing at least medium level commercial work and up, you've failed. And it's like, what a keep that drive, but what a lame thing for me to tell myself to a degree because nothing about this industry suggests that that's the normal. The normal is you go watch a movie and you're like, oh, who directed this? You know, and you're like, holy cow, this guy's 45, and you read about his career, and he has always been doing it. This is just his first breakthrough into the massive market, and it's like, took this dude 20 years, and he, but what he was doing in those 20 wor- years wasn't necessarily just scraping by or unsuccessful work, it just wasn't the blockbuster thing yet, um, yeah. and that goes for a lot of different things, and so I think if 20-year-old Brady was looking at me now. He'd be like, "Wow, you're doing pretty good, you know. You're not doing your thing, but it's like it's comp- you don't know until you've got you, you see it exactly and Yeah. Um, I would also turn around and tell 20-year-old Brady to chill out a tad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd tell 20-year-old Richard to chill the fuck out. It's like yeah. it's like, "Dude, you're going to you need to chill. Like I yeah. know I know you want this, but at the same time, you need to relax." It's well quite- that's part of our
1: generation I mean how often do you hear that the now generation and it's so true I have only been back up here for a few years which is nothing three years in the grand scheme of time is nothing and that's when I'm like uh, look at what I've accomplished since getting out of even high school for for example or and college uh, in that time span and it's like what are you going to be able to do with another, you know, 10, 12 years, like just chill out. I mean, that's what you've accomplished in that amount of time. It's only going to progress from there. That's a lot to conquer, to get going. Then, you know, once you get going, you're, you're going. So, um, that's that mindset of like, it's not going to be easy, especially early on. But if you really love it, you just got to keep grinding. And I, you know, once you figure out what you want to do, I, think most people can make it happen
0: yeah for sure um these things take time i mean there's no shame in being in a smaller market like seattle there's great work that's happening up there but if if you want bigger things um by all means come to la and if you want if the goal is to end like be in seattle like yeah still come to la because the experience that one can get here will translate up there.
1: Yep, I agree. That That's kind of like my... I People ask me up here all the time, you know, I keep wondering if I should go down to L.A., and I go, do you have any reason you don't want to? And I mean, I just, I love the Northwest, and I'm like, the Northwest isn't going to go anywhere. Like, you know this. You can come back. If you have any inclination that this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life, you've got to go give it a shot. Um, I would have massively regretted it if I didn't, and I would not be here today if I didn't, and I learned so much, and it's not for everybody. There are folks that stayed that I... Good friends, and they love L.A. I didn't love love L.A. It wasn't my home. I didn't feel like L.A. was my home, so that was a big reason I decided to take a break, is kind of what I consider it for now. Um, but regardless, go do it. Do it for at least a couple two three four years or whatever which is nothing at all that's like the length of going to college treat it like that and then go where you want to go i came back to seattle but i know some people that went down there and ended up in the the midwest one a friend went to Chicago, killing it in chicago it's like take it take it where you want to go and use it yeah Um, and and you're the own judge of your success you know if, if you want name, if you want to be famous, and that's your your level for judging your success, you're going to need to stay in L.A. You're not going to be famous in Seattle, uh, but you can be very well off financially without being famous and be in Seattle if you, and do the same kind of work. So it you know depends on what you want. You know, and, and you, only you can be the judge of that.
0: And I would say that those that want to be famous, it's don't don't come to L.A., don't get involved in the business in Seattle. If that's your mo, yeah, you're gonna be slow. You're gonna be very disappointed in five years.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: Like it's easy to fall in that trap, and I've fallen into that trap myself at times. But you have to love the work first. If you Absolutely. don't love the work and you just want to be famous, then I feel sorry for I feel sorry for people that think that way because it's they're just gonna wake up disappointed it is that's the difference maker
1: and I mean there were definitely parts of it's like I want to be a famous filmmaker um, and if that works out awesome but you grow up as you grow up I think you for me personally it's like well I want to have some financial freedom and security and some things like this and a career that I enjoy every day and that changes how you go about things. And that changes for other people. Some people don't want that kind of stuff. So absorbing fully into work and killing it in their career is that reward. And LA is a perfect place for that. Um,
0: So it's funny, like being 30 and turning 31 in almost a month now it's, Oh God, that's a scary thought. (laughs) Um, It's, in many ways I'm starting to look at and I have been looking in life in that capacity. It's like I don't necessarily need to be famous. Like that if that if my career is a byproduct of that, cool, fantastic. But in many respects like I'm much more concerned about making a living doing what I love and having the means to live the lifestyle that I want.
1: 100%. Like
0: that's that's what motivates me now is accomplishing those things not necessarily becoming famous yeah i still want to work on big projects but i don't necessarily have to i just want to have a decent lifestyle because it's not much fun when you're trying to become famous and that's your mo and you're poor
1: yeah (laughs) yeah and and everybody's going out to have a drink and we ho and you're screwed stuck at home um Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally.
0: I have a buddy of mine who's in this similar position. He's like, dude, I just want to make some money. I just want to make some money. Like fame's not even in that equation. I mean, we'd be lying if it was, um, or if it wasn't. I mean, yeah, fame's still nice, but it's more or less like, yeah, I just want to have a decent lifestyle.
1: Yep. Yep. That's uh, that's where I'm currently at. But things change, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, that'd be that's another thing that i I think working in 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 this industry for several years you might want to do something along a a certain path and then it can change and it can still work just fine i mean that's the flexibility of working in this industry um and that's a, a, a great thing so for sure every day every day is a new day um and that's why i i can't see myself doing anything else because even though i'm not working in hollywood anymore every day it's a new day and i sometimes it's great sometimes it's not but like one of my favorite sayings from uh i can't even remember what movie it's from the sweet is never as sweet without the sour yeah um got to have some sour times to really enjoy the sweet ones so
0: and I will definitely say that, like if you if somebody's graduating from school or they're moving to LA and they think they're just going to kill it for the next thirty years, you are you are poorly misinformed. You're working, especially working here, you're gonna find times where you're just out of work. It sucks.
1: Well, you basically just have to challenge. I I don't think a single alum or networked professional that I knew coming out of college. I don't think a single one of them said, "Yeah, move down, you'll do all right." In fact, every single one of them was like do not move down here. You're just not going to be ready and it's not going to be enjoyable. And if you're not ready for that, just don't even come down. And it was like challenge accepted. And they were 100% right. But my mindset was that indeed, challenge accepted. I'm just going to buck up and get through it. And I did. Uh, But that's not for everybody. You got to sacrifice a lot. So yeah, totally. It's not going to be... I mean, I I got to do some cool stuff and I I remember I would come home and visit family and friends and they'd be like oh my god you're you're working on some awesome stuff and i'd be like i i made twenty six thousand dollars like last year
0: <laughs> i know year. it's so <laughs> fun my that's... first year
1: in la i think i made like twenty six thousand bucks is what i showed up on my tax returns you know that's a pretty personal deal but i mean i'm just gonna straight up tell you you know and the next year was much better but that's a prime example you go down and people thought man you've been working all year on great stuff and it's like yeah but I worked flat rate 12-hour days for 125 bucks a day in one of the most expensive cities in the country. Like, can't get a lot done with that.
0: It's so funny because everyone's like, oh, you're working at Hollywood, that is awesome. You must be hanging out with celebrities and making money. Uh yeah, let's remove those first two out of the or those uh, last two out of the uh, conversation. And you're right. Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm working.
1: Yeah, I'm just thrilled to be working. That's the that's the success oh story. God. But you know, yeah, that's that's what I would tell everybody. I, I mean, that's not the case for everybody, but that's the that's the case for the majority. Is your first year or two are are likely not going to be glamorous, but if you love what you do, you will see the value in it, and you'll learn a lot, and things do get better as long as you stay hungry.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and you I, keep your head down, do your work. Don't the, LA is a tempting area to screw off in and do some stuff that can really h- prevent you from doing it just if your goal is to get the career going, you got to stay heads down. Enjoy it when you enjoy the fun things when you can, but ignore the temptation for other stuff.
0: Yeah, it's important to go out every once in a while, but at the same time it's like it's Really, it's like, why did you come down here? Did you come down here to like smoosh with celebrities, or did you come down here to do some work that matters? Because I, it's funny, I was living with this dude uh last year, and he's like, Oh, yeah, we're gonna become famous, we're gonna be millionaires, and blah 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 blah. And it's like, and I, I there's people that I know down here who are friends of mine, it's like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna make a million dollars a year. I'm like, I'm like, good luck because this, yeah. it's like, seriously. Good luck. This is uh, if that's uh, how you measure your success, fantastic. I hope you get it. But at the same time it's like the way that I've been looking at it, it's like, really, the thing that's gonna make me some money in my career, and I'm not even gonna put a dollar point on it because I don't think I think that would very that would be very misguided on my part to do so, is the thing that's gonna get me to any success, regardless of how you measure it, is the work. Mm-hmm. Like I agree don't come down here if you if you want to be a millionaire and you want to become famous you want to become a millionaire go work the oil fields of north dakota
1: yeah seriously go into banking yeah yeah absolutely yeah i you know there's a lot of keeping up with the image factor in la and that's like one of the big temptations so hard hard to hard to avoid because you of that natural urge to want to Fit the image of what it's like to be down there, and I tried a little bit. But if you're a young person getting going in this, that can be that's one of those temptations. I can say, just like you're gonna need to suck it up for a couple of years and not drive the Mercedes and not be walking around loaded from head to toe. And that's part of that, keep your head down type of deal. You know, now I can do some of that, those things to keep up with what I feel like is an image I want to present, but that can be a challenge down there because it's hard to go out and about and not be to a T like the expected image of things is. But if you can just hold through that, if you're, if you're not in a position to be able to do that, I really suggest it. Cause it'll go, it'll save you a lot of financial stress and kind of just regular stress. Like yeah. just the, 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 if you're a serious professional, the goal should be to impress the people That you work with not those around you because they you will never impress those people
0: it's so funny Uh, because like I have a buddy of mine he's a coordinator Um, I'm not going to name the facility but he bought a Porsche 911 yeah I'm like I'm like cool you got a Porsche that's awesome and good for you but at the same time like I'm not going to feel bad for him when that car breaks down at all. I'm like, dude, this is well, what you signed up for. You knew this going in that that the repairs on this thing were going to cost you an arm and a leg.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, in L.A., in the social circles, in the everyday life, people see that. They think, wow, awesome, but nobody's going to hire you to do a serious position oh, no because way. you have a Porsche. And that's what I'm talking about, but that Porsche is going to put a – I'm sure it was like, oh, man, this is – I." I It'll be a really check good. magnet no.
0: for sure like it'll it, but it'll
1: be one of those tough things where it's like man i got to deal with the costs of that or whatever early on in a deal you know just it's being that's the temptation of la that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about there's other stuff but that was one of the big ones for me it was like i want to fit in because i i want it to be i don't want to stand out in an overly good or bad way i just want to you know fit fit in with the folks around here and i came from eastern country version washington so i'm definitely quite well yeah i'm definitely wasn't trying to like you know be a goofball i drove a little suv little ford suv and people were like holy cow you drive that around you know what i mean it's like it's just one of those things but if you could just ignore that for a while until you feel comfortable with things that'll save you a lot of it's the people you want to impress at work that's what i aimed for and that really turned out to be true for me you know
0: yeah and, and i and i've kind of modeled my life in the same way because it's like yeah i have a i have a subaru <laughs> like yeah like it doesn't get any more northwest than driving a subaru let's just be completely honest like it's not an outback if i really wanted to dial up the uh northwest uh, to 211 it'd be the outback but driving a subaru it's like oh it's it's a subaru that's the most generic dad car you could own
1: yeah i get a I, one of my buddies who's down there uh i, I... He drives one brand new one, and, and you know, I don't think there's anything at all wrong with it. But uh, anywhere else, totally normal. But like you just said, but he gets the last laugh because he's arguably one of the most successful guys to come out of my group of people that moved down there. He's the full-on editor, making extremely good money. And uh, you know, if it, it just he didn't get he, he he wanted a car and a thing that worked well for him, and people are like, oh, why don't you get you know, and it's like. He did it, but it's the last laugh for him, honestly, because that's such a minute thing. When people realize what he's done, and they're, everybody's really proud of him type of thing. And uh, that clearly goes farther than the type of car. So
0: The joke I always make about LA is like BMW 3 Series are like Honda Civics. <laughs> they're everywhere.
1: Oh, yeah. You, anytime you're going down the road down there, it's Beamer, Beamer, Mercedes, Mercedes, Beamer, Ferrari. Yeah. Beamer, Beamer, Mercedes, Mercedes, Audi, Lamborghini. <laughs> it's
0: like, <laughs> and you're not even phased by it. Like after a while of like living down here, it's like the only cars I really get phased by are McLarens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. or Bugattis. If you, if I, it's rare to see Bugattis and McLarens, but when I see them, I'm like, ooh, gotta s- stop for a sec.
1: Very entertaining. Part of the lifestyle living down there can be entertaining. So, I mean, that can be a lot of fun for people. Where's uh, my
0: green juice? It's like, God damn it, you people. Yeah. you fucking green juice. I don't care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, everything happens there first, though, man. Like juicing, the juice thing was big when I was living down there. And that only kind of recently hit heavier up in the Seattle area. So it's like, you know, you do to kind of get to enjoy anything that's a trend first down there, which could be good or bad, but it's yeah. always entertaining. If anything, it's always entertaining.
0: So. Oh, God. it's There's never a dull moment in L.A. I mean, it's no. it, it can be tough at times, and I think there's definitely some challenges that come along with it. But I, I would say to those that are looking to advance their career that there's only really two places in the country that you can – well, now three with Georgia. But there's only really three places that you can really make the leaps and bounds that you want to make. It's L.A., New York, and Atlanta now. Mm-hmm. And totally. I would say that those, if they really like, they don't like for me, like my goal is not to stay in LA at some point I would like to return to Seattle, but I know that before that even happens, I need to get the experience that people are going to be like, Oh yeah, this, this guy's done a few things and we're not talking a few Seattle corporate videos. we are talking the biggest projects in the world sort of thing.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely.
0: So anyways, I want to be conscious of your time. We've been talking for a good while now. Um, yeah,
1: man, I appreciate it. Happy to chat with you.
0: Yeah, any final thoughts?
1: Uh, gosh, no, nothing really that I haven't said in here. I just think, you know, I repetitively, repetitively tell people that I come and join up with me and work and stuff all the time. Know what you want to do, love what you do, uh, and keep at it. And it'll work out if you just stay stay motivated for it and I be where you want to be you know but give la a shot if you can it's it's worth it and uh, it's it's a good experience but it's not for everybody so that's why i say give it a chance and you don't have to stay there you can always go back
0: well, that about wraps up my conversation with Brady Bonzer of Mighty Media. Big thanks to Brady for coming on the show. I really enjoyed hearing your thoughts and opinions on what younger creatives can do to get their start here in Hollywood and make a career doing what they love. Be sure to follow me, Richard, on Instagram and Twitter. That's probably where I'm most active. You can also find me on Snapchat and Facebook. It would also be awesome if you left a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you're using to listen to Render Time. By rating the show and leaving a review, it it will help other people discover Render Time so that they can use it as a resource on their own creative journey so that they can make a life doing what they love. Well, that about wraps things up. Be sure to check out the next Render Time episode when it drops here very, very soon. But in the meantime, create, share, and sustain the life that you want. Get out there and make some awesome work, guys. I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks.